Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the ADOS Podcast. It's your host, Elijah Norris Holiday, And I'm your host, Christian McClary. We got a special guest with us today, Mr. Louis Blaze, but we're going to get into him in a second. I just got to remind y'all, please subscribe to our YouTube channel with the ADOS Podcast. Give us a follow on Facebook at the ADOS Podcast, Instagram, the ADOS Podcast, and also check us out on our different uh, streaming sites at the ADOS Podcast. We're on Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we're everywhere, baby. Check us out. Um, Christian, give us an update uh, what's happening right now with the Joe Biden administration. Yeah, so uh, last week I was talking about the conversation of the $1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief bill, and it actually got passed. So what that encounters is a $1,400 stimulus, you know, some extra pay for unemployment, as well as getting some more vaccines and vaccinations and field studies and testing and stuff. I believe the... The additional unemployment is $400 a week, right? I, yeah. I think that's where it's at right now currently. Yep. Wow. Um, so y'all should be receiving y'all checks soon or um, direct deposits soon. Make sure y'all <laughs> throw us some donations <laughs> to the ADOS podcast. We will definitely appreciate that. Yeah. And then other news also. Wait, but before you before you get into that, because I didn't I don't want to uh, forget about this. They said, the Biden administration said it can happen as early as this weekend. So you guys definitely check. So immediate results is happening. Really? Just pass it as early as this weekend. So people can like get paid already. Like they, already. Some it's, people already yeah. got their checks. Yeah, immediately. Some people already got their checks. It's immediately. So I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I, I didn't forget wow. that very important piece. So the first couple of stimuluses, I think it took a week or two for them to get them payments out, right? Yeah. How are they able to get it out within two days? I'm not, I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> Look, I'm asking. I just got to go to ATM machine. I'm asking too many questions. It's the Biden effect. <laughs> right. Um, George Floyd's mm-hmm. family was awarded $27 million in a settlement case. Historic for the city of Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota. For a settlement for police brutality, $27 million. That's a lot of money. The family has already committed to put $500,000 towards the George Floyd Memorial Square at 38th in Chicago. And they're asking other businesses to contribute $500,000. So to match their donations and all those funds are going to be going to black businesses in that area. I think that's an excellent way to use those funds. But let's just open it up with this quick question. I got this for you. Do you think that's a lot of money, Christian? Twenty-seven million. I mean, he, the man did lose his life, you know. So I don't mm-hmm. think a dollar amount can replace a life, but twenty-seven million is a lot. Yeah. So I think we both agree on the dollar amount not being able to, you know, replace a life. We we do agree on that. That being said, I think for me, it was just the city had that just to do in settlement. You know, when I think of twenty-seven million. That can go into the community. I'm not taking away from the family there. They deserve more than that. But I'm just saying, if we have that to keep doing on settlements, it raises a bigger issue. We need to reform how we police the community. We need to reform how we police each other. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where I'm getting at. The family is well deserving of it. But I think uh, the next 27 mil should actually go towards the residents of the city. And, and here's my thing. It, I think you brought up a valid point. When we keep having these large settlements like this, right, just uh, what, a year and a half, two years ago with the Mohammed Noor case, I think that family was awarded like 21 million, 19 million, somewhere mm-hmm. around that. Excuse me if I, I got the numbers wrong, but I think it was 19 to 21 million dollars. 
people got to understand, man, that money is coming out of the pockets of the residents of Minneapolis and the city of Minneapolis. And you did re- bring up a valid point. That's money that could have went towards businesses, went towards the residents, improving our school districts, improving our streets, improving our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We cannot keep giving this types of money out to folks without an actual plan. Where is the accountability at from the police department and from the police officers that are hiring? So yes, we need to make sure we're compensating these families for these unwrongful deaths of, of their family members. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the city needs to have a broader conversation right now about where we're going to have the policy changes. Where's the policy change is going to occur? If there's no policy changes coming behind this, it's going to be the same old thing. And then ultimately, who's going to suffer? The city of Minneapolis and the residents that live in the city. Yeah. And that's where that's where the real work happens, because it's like, yeah. And the family, the family is so deserving of so much more. They're deserving of George Floyd. That's what they are deserving of. But from the monetary value and the monetary perspective, city of Minneapolis, we have to look into how we handle these cases. You know, we we have to look into the reform. We have to look to giving back to the everyday taxpayer in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the liability plan looks like or what liability looks like, uh, what the budget looks like. But if it just has 21 million this year and 27 this year, then it's going to be a problem moving forward. And they're going to deplete those funds really quickly if we're going to keep on settling out these cases at large numbers like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And from what I've what I've been told and from what I read, there is just a, a general liability from the city of Minneapolis, but there's nothing specific for police brutality. Right. So if we keep on experiencing these types of things, man, those funds are going to be depleted. So what if we have another disaster that takes place and we don't have funds to cover that? We're going to run into an issue. Yeah. Do we rate? Are, are they going to plan to raise taxes? You know, that's going to be well, something. They're already planning that. Yeah. Yeah. That is already in a plan. But um, we we could talk about this all day. Congratulations to the Floyd family for wanting to give back. Um, we're, we're so sorry that you lost your brother, your son, your your family. We um, our hearts go out to the Floyd family and we want to make sure that um you know, your hearts go out to the community. So stay safe. And hopefully safe. we get some justice. We'll Hopefully we get the right justice. The mm-hmm. trial is still happening. Yeah. So we'll we'll make sure we keep people up to date on that. So, uh, Elijah, let's get into our guests because we, we're preaching. With no further ado, we got Mr. Louis Blaze. What's going on, brother? Oh, uh, uh, man. Peace and love, brothers. <laughs> All is well. I'm Peace blessed, and love. black and beautiful, balanced, you feel me, um, and actually fed up. You know, um, y'all really just um, fired me up even more with this, um, with the start of the conversation, actually. So most definitely got to respect peace to George Floyd's family, you know, um, and all our black people out there who have been killed and tortured and brutalized by this police department and by a systematic um, structure of racism, period. Like it's it's so many ways we'd have been affected. The whole damn system is guilty as hell, you know. So I most definitely stand on that line of defense where no dollar amount will replace that life, right? Um, and still look at Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, how they value property mm. more than a black woman's life, right? And look at the black woman and in our family as a people and a black man and how we'd have been intentionally removed from our households. You know, and when we trace it back to even years before that, what they would do with our black women, um, rape them, you know, and these things and literally like force us to sit there and allow that to happen. Right. Or we lose our life. So then what does that do to us psychologically? 
right? Mm-hmm. All that guilt, all that shame. We feel powerless. You know, it's just, it's, it's a real mind fuck is what it is. It's a psychological and a spiritual warfare, right? Um, and, and that's that's why um, I, I'm so grateful to be a believer, right, of, of God, you know, and be rooted in purpose, you know, because it kind of, it, it helps you see through these dark things. It, it, it helps you um, de- decode the messages, you know, because you start to realize everything does happen for a reason. So, um yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's my opening, man. How y'all brothers are doing? <laughs> no, man, no, that, that, that was beautiful. I didn't expect yeah. anything less from your brother, Louis Blaze. Oh, I don't yeah. expect anything less from you. And speaking of everything happens for a purpose, I know, I'm going to get right into it. When everything kicked off last summer with George Floyd, you was really active in the street as you always are, doing a lot of things. What have you been up to lately, man? Oh, man, I've I've been making sure that I'm taking care of myself, man. Um, I learned this new mentality of like who heals the healers see with me i'm a servant right Mm. i'm for the people i'm a giver so everything that i'm doing whether it's creating my art the music whether Mm -hmm. it's organizing right um healing the community educating any of these things just curating space um really really i've been very strategic and intentional about that right um so as a lately man just Making sure the business, M4 Collective, new mindset, new media, new leaders, and new narratives is thriving. Um, we can provide additional earned income opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to our folks, right? Build this social and economical and political well-being, right? Um, we just launched the We Will Breathe initiative. We got a partnership going with the link. Um, we were able to hire 15 youth and we got them going through a personal development curriculum right now that is focused mm-hmm. on building our social determinants of health, right? Mentally, emotionally, physically, yeah. and spiritually. Um, and then we're planning to launch a multimedia campaign as well, right? So we can get this message out of we will breathe, right? It's no longer I can't breathe mm-hmm. because we understand that like what we put out into the universe comes back to us. So like we really got to change the way we think. We got to change the way we eat. We got to change the way we speak. We got to change the way we live. Right. All of these things together, you know, um, and the We Will Breathe initiative is an intentional way for us to do that as a collective and push that in the community. But um, really focusing on sustainability. That's where I've been mm-hmm. at in life right now. It's like I feel like last year um, until now, I've went through a whole transformation. I'm most definitely not the same person. I'm not <laughs> the same person at all. As you shouldn't be. Yeah. You got to right? grow. You got to grow. Right. You got to um, learn. Yeah, yeah. And it's growing pains as well. Growing pains. So many mixed emotions, right? Like from being re-traumatized all over again, right? Um, Those feelings of feeling powerless, right? Thinking like that. I know that could be me. I done had my run-ins with 5-0, so I already know what it is. But at the same time, when you got community, community um, of power, community of love, you know, who, who not going to back down, mm-hmm. right? You, you you don't feel lonely in the fight. And us here in the Twin Cities, man, like the way we reacted was um, just just so astounding, man. And I met so many new people. Like me and you was able to connect. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And that relationship is a relationship of abundance, man. We already been in this thing together. So um, it, it, it's just, it, it's it's most definitely unfortunate, but um, I see the blessing out of the curse for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, to it is so powerful to have you speak on that. You know, you you said a lot and a lot that's resonating with me. I want to backtrack a little bit because it is Women's History Month and we almost forgot 
to acknowledge that. So yeah, we cannot forget about about our women, you know, sisters, grandmothers. We we love you all because it takes the village, it takes the community in order to do that. Um, Louis, you know, you were talking about all the different initiatives that that you are involved with. Um, could you could you tell us? I see you wearing like a humanized my hoodie. Could you could you tell us what that is about? Oh man, see, and that's the thing, right? Like what I was just saying, the power community. It's so many dope people that's doing dope things. So humanize my hoodie uh, was an initiative, um, a brand launched by these two brothers, Jason Soul and Andre Wright. You know, shout out to the brothers. Make sure y'all check them out. Mm-hmm. Humanize my hoodie. Um, and it was a um, way to do some fashion activism, right? After we lost our brother Trayvon Martin. You know, and Zimmerman's still walking free. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But um, yeah, man, they launched Humanize My Hoodie, stating that um, we don't need to be stigmatized by our attire, right? We should be able to wear what we want to wear and not look suspicious, right? Like that brother... Um, yeah, he should have never lost his life. So, um, yeah, them brothers been doing their thing, man. They launch all of these hoodies. They go around educating people on social justice. They do workshops. Um, it's been a national thing, man. Like, they just strike strike the deal with foot action. Mm-hmm. I was up in Vegas, and I saw the brothers' <laughs> brand out there. You know, it be like, out there in Vegas, man. They went to the New York Fashion Week. Um, but now we pushing this music, too, man. Um, that's what I can't speak too much on. Mm-hmm. But they most definitely flew me out to Atlanta, man. We laced some tracks. You feel me? So we got a soundtrack coming as well for the theme humanize my hoodie and um yeah yeah them brothers are just some trailblazers as well and very grateful to be a um, mentee of them both i know you just mentioned the connection with the music and the activism i know that's something that you do very well let's get into talking about a little bit about your music man you know louis blaze is also <laughs> a trailblazer in the music industry right here in the twin cities i listen to your tracks i like your music um, tell us a little bit about Freedom Fighter Reloaded, man. I know you just dropped that. You've been pushing that out lately. What, what's good with the music right now, Louis? Love, brother. Love, brother. <laughs> yeah, you already knew it was coming, man. Um, Freedom Fighter Reloaded is reloaded for a reason, man. Um, that was my way to respond last year to everything that was going on. Um, I had to take the EP off. It was seven tracks then. But from then until now, man, I, I really buffed up the album, man. We got some really dope um, activists and leaders who speaking on interludes there. We got James Baduel from the north side. You know, he got the proof movement, people's right to attain our freedom. We got Leslie Ramming up there, you know, and what she do with Don't Complain, Activate. We got Anika Bowie, right, um, a huge leader out here. Um, she got her thing, Run Like Harriet, right? We got um, Nakima Armstrong, John Thompson on there, who just ran for office, right? House Shout of Representatives. Shout that's out John brother Thompson. Right there, man. man, really good <laughs> brother, man. But but then the music, um, we got so many dope people who showed up on this new album as well. Like I got Juice Lord on there. Um, I got Solo Star. We got a choir known Minneapolis. Shout out to them. Um, um, brother Mayan Burrell, who mm-hmm. just got out mm-hmm. from an 18 year bid, right? Brother Kevin Reese. Um, so um, it was an intentional project to like just collect different voices from the community, right? That could um, speak in an artistic way to what's going on. Um, and, and that's my life. I am music, man. Like a lot of those songs that I wrote were created years ago. They just so timeless, right? You know, they speak on everything. And another thing about this message too, 
is that it's not just like a F the system type of message mm -hmm. anymore. Like I got songs in there that reflect on our own community, right? This one song that's close to my heart, Urban Warfare, talking about gun violence, you know, and what we do to ourselves, that self-destruction, right? Um, and shout out brother Lamonte Lewis, actually, he got a poem on there called Self-Destruct, right? I got a song on there called Love Black Women, right? It's Women's mm -hmm. History Month, Love mm -hmm. Black Women. I'm working with some sisters right now to curate that event, you know, um, and curate the space to host um, intentional space for brothers to listen to black women and doing things like that. So really using the music, every song mm -hmm. and the project as a tool to um, promote conversation in our community. So um, that's what the future is looking like right now, right? Is how can we take this song, the title of that and what that message and curate some conversation in the community about what this means and what can we do to solve these issues? So mm -hmm. that's really what Freedom Fighter Reloaded is about. It's some, it's some where like, I want people to know that like, Everybody is a freedom fighter if you're not free, right? And we all we we always got to fight the system. We got to fight ourselves, right? We got to mm -hmm. fight these emotions, right? Um, and it's really, we just want to be mm -hmm. free. We just want to be liberated. Uh, and man, I'm reloaded. Like I said, I'm not the same person. You feel me? Like everything was reloaded in a literal term. Like I had to reload the album because some music business stuff. And I was reloaded as a person and the music was reloaded. The message was reloaded. Like everything is just on a whole nother level now, you know, a higher frequency. And um, uh, I'm just blessed and grateful to be a vessel and get the message out. Right. You know, mm -hmm. because that's, that's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, it's a larger picture. Like, that's just one piece of the puzzle. We got to put all of these pieces together and um, paint that um, portrait that we need to see. And let me let me tell you, let me um, jump in there. Mm -hmm. The way you're doing it is in style as well. You know, because I'm, I'm around your age. We're, we're all around the same age, mm -hmm. which, is, which is fine. But what you're doing with the music is reaching the younger community, saying, wow, this guy, Louis Blaze, is talking about stuff I see every day in St. Paul, stuff I see every day in Minneapolis, stuff I see every day in Apple Valley and, and so forth. So it's like when you could utilize your art to reach other people who are going to grow up in this world through your own experience, through our experiences, Elijah, it's powerful, you know, because it's like a lot of people want to check for different artists out there. Some of it is just beat. But in order for you to have a message, to have a nice beat, and to have a team, the team that you mentioned of trailblazers, Elijah and I know all of them, mm -hmm. and they are trailblazers in the community, mm -hmm. and they're all black. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're black. black. Everybody so was it's black like, on this album. Yeah, and then it's like we, we talk about a narrative of you know, black people not being able to work with each other and not being able to do these mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. But you are finding a way to break that narrative within your own creativity and within their strong sets and their, their skills and assets. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm like, wow, a freedom fighter track. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a lot of these people talk. Could they do music? But it's like the way you present it to the community is a powerful thing. And I want you to just talk about collaboration like mm. what it's like collaborating with trailblazers because every time i encounter them i'm I, they take my breath away mm. <laughs> you know and i'm just looking at them like mm. oh my gosh you're my idol mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't see you know people who look like us as idols but i do so tell us what those relationships are like and what the coming together process is Oh man, that's exactly what it is, man. It's it's um the stars aligning to form a constellation, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, man, and it's 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 so refreshing, right? It's um rejuvenating for the spirit, for the mind, right? For everything. It's a reminder, right? A moment to remember, to remember type deal. Um, because one thing that I started to realize is that like we really are reflections of each other, right? Um, and and what does that mean? So it's like I love myself. And when I see you, I love you too, because I love myself. Like that type of mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so inspirational to see the way people contribute to the revolution throughout their own role, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all have gifts, we all have creativity, some 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 talent to us that we can exercise and make a skill. And we see people who those who choose to express that, right? Those who choose to tell that story, those who choose to shine that light, it's inspirational for us. It reflects back on us, right? Um, and, and when we all could link up together and do it as a community, the effect is even more, right? It's it's um it's like is is the energy is very magnetic, right? So um yeah, it's most definitely very refreshing, man. And it's just a chance to remember that like. Yeah, yeah, we are reflections of each other, you know, um, and, and we we in this together. I just said the other day, like, we got to kill that savior's mentality, actually, right? Like, for some reason, we'd have been programmed to believe something is going to save us. Like, it's just one person is going to save us. Just one person got to be the change of the world. We need that one black leader, right? You know, we heard it was Harriet. We heard it was Malcolm. We heard it was Martin, right? We heard it was Fred Hampton, right? You know, you see what they do to the black leaders type deal, Um but but what about the other people who was behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Who was making it happen? It wasn't just them by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with this ideology of a savior, even in our religious faiths and things like this. Um, I I, I, tr- I truthfully been understanding it like not one person is going to save the world. It takes a collective to do that, and that's why I pride myself on being a source of creativity and connection. Right. Because um, I was I was born being a poet and making music. And that's what makes me happy. Genuinely, that's the way I heal myself and the way I could heal the world. But then I also have this superpower of getting like minded people together and even better, getting unlike minded people together type mm-hmm. deal. Like <laughs> I like for some reason. And I think it's because I've been so adaptable, like mm-hmm. I done lived in so many different places, moved around all my life. Um, and I'm very versatile. Like I can go hang with the black boys. You feel me? I can go into the church. I can go into the corporation building. I can go into political spaces. Like I can literally adapt to mm-hmm. any environment. And I'm using that as a tool to um, impact change. You, you know what? I often contemplate, Brother Lou, and we on the same wavelength with this, mm. is when as black folks do we lose that sense of collectivism? Because we've mm. always had it in the past, at least. I don't see that collectivism now. And it's there. It's just not in abundance as it used to be, right? And I feel like a lot of it is the mainstream media has an influence over our young kids. Like I'm going to be honest. This is the 8 Eyes podcast. Y'all know I don't got a lion bone in my body. It's the drugs, the Xanax, the Percocets, the lean. They really got our young people out here lost. So I know we we in here, we can get in here and we can talk about educating our minds. We can talk about freeing our spirits. We can talk about collectivism and coming together and pulling together our resources and really kind of accomplish a goal and an objective. But what about the young brothers who are just out here lost? We can't mm. forget about them. And you hinted towards it that we got to make sure that we, we're not forgetting about those young folks who are not on the same wavelength as us, who's not trying to come together as a collective, who don't have the same ideologies as us. How do we bridge that gap? And that's something I think about all the time. Literally, I lay at night, at night. I can't sleep. I lay awake at night. Man. Literally contemplating how do I reach out to these young brothers who just don't want to be, don't, really 
don't have any interest right now, no motivation right now, no ambition right now because they're just they see their environments that they live in and they don't see a way of them coming out of it, man. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you got to take, <laughs> you a, gotta sip take a sip for that one. Take a sip on that one. man. <laughs> I literally like this. This is and this is where I was getting at with urban warfare. Right. Um, it truly breaks my heart. I speak to a group of brothers every week. It, it's my one of my favorite duties that I do throughout my daily activities. And um, last week we just spoke. And personally, <laughs> I hate the term black on black crime. You know, I know that that was an intentional way to like promote that that um, ideology. Right. Um, don't know who created that. But um, I used it with these brothers just to provoke conversation. And I was like, do you ever think black on black crime would end? Right. And I started there. I just wanted to shoot it out. And everybody said no. Like everybody said no. It was like, damn, that's where we at. Like psychologically. Right. Um, and we've been talking about gang culture um, and all of these things. And one thing that I realized is like these brothers really just don't know their history. They don't mm -hmm. even know how gangs were created. They don't even know why they were formed. There's no leaders no more, right? There's no infrastructure. Bunch of renegades is what we call them. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of renegades. It's rolling wild. Um, so like what 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 I've been realizing is that it's important to get relatable folks who could really listen to understand. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Could could really come not from a um perspective of like I got to give you a sermon or I got to teach you a lesson type deal. Yeah, or condescending, but, talking yeah, down at yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. But really come like and be in your world. Like, let me see see you. Like, let me see you. I want to learn about you. Like, I, I want to give you love. Right. Um, It's that type of um spirit that is going to be needed to really start creating that change. Um, I was just talking about this with my brother James Baduel actually the other day as well. You know, um, and he from the streets, you know, um, a, a lot of brothers that are doing amazing work for the community are from the streets. You feel me? Like some that did they time like did feel me 15 to 20 years and they out here trying to create this change. But we see it's still a struggle. Um, and that is because, like you said, with the with the drug influence, right? And with the media and all of these things, it's just a psychological warfare. So um yeah, the the more and more we curate space to like, we got to go to them. We got to go to their world. You feel me? Um, and we got to be fearless in doing that too. Cause some young bucks, they out here, they ain't trying to hear that shit. You Reckless. feel me? And you know, but we got to have somebody who know how to get down with them in in that mm -hmm. language type shit. It's like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just being able to understand. You know, we got to have brothers ready to do that, willing to do that. Shout out to the North Side, man, because they got brothers who be doing that all the time, too, with um their um public safety initiative, brother Jamil Jackson and everything that they're doing. Man, they be walking they be walking the blocks over on the North Side, mm -hmm. you know, in the lows and the trays, everything. Um and they be deep, too. And it, it be older brothers, you feel me? Brothers who done grew up over there. And, and the thing is, a lot of these brothers that's on the block already know some of them because they coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Because we could hoop, right? Mm -hmm. We got we got sport abilities. So it's all these ties where like brothers be knowing they're like, yo, that was my basketball coach type deal. Um, or like I know that was my homie's basketball coach. I know he a, he a, he a good brother type deal. So it's like um being able to come to them, listen to understand. But my number one thing right now. It's the resource. We got to with them, understand with them what's mm -hmm. in it for me. Mm -hmm. So when we come to their table, because we are coming to their table, mm -hmm. you feel me? Um, we got to have a with them. We got to know what's in it for them. And right now, 
if they just have some opportunity and they can just breathe, they don't got to be in survival mode because that's all it is. It's survival mode. So if we can give them the economic stability that they need to not be in survival mode. Um, then 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 we we should be straight, man. We should be straight. Like I said, when a flower doesn't bloom, we fix the environment in which it grows, not the something flower. Wrong with the soil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the flower at it's all. It's the soil. And mm-hmm. and let me let me jump in there because we're you know, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about some stuff right here at the ADOS podcast. And one thing I'm thinking about as I listen to both of you brothers talk is it is the media, it is the drugs, it is gang you know, related activities, but it's also how fast we want things. And I don't, mm. I don't want that to just slip under there, you know, because we, Thank we can talk about all this, up, brother. Thank you. But it's not going to be a fast. This is a process. Everything that Louis has worked for has been a process. Everything Elijah has worked for has been a process. And I know when we look in that media and we, we see all these different things happening, it seems like overnight things happen. For some people, that is the case. For our people, it's never been the case. Never. We always had to work 10 times as hard. We always had to support every other community as well as ourselves. Mm -hmm. We always Mm -hmm. had to do these things. And it is important to know that no matter what we do and what we try, it's not going to come overnight. Mm -hmm. So we, I don't want that fast, you know, I don't want it to seem like everything's just going to happen fast. Sometimes it happens fast and then it slows down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, but you got to keep that work going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't talk about the behind the scenes work that we do. Yeah. We come here and we talk, but every week we're out there in the community, you know, we're, we're facing our young brothers and sisters We're we're talking to them. We're, we're putting, setting things in place. We're utilizing our superpowers that Louie mentioned to get policies that are in favor for the ADOS community. Come on. And that's what we need more of. We need more of all this collective. So that's why uh, collective. So that's why when you were talking about the N four, like you're you're doing it, brother. We're we're all doing it. We just can't keep doing it individually. But just know, the whole reason I went off is because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not. And you know, Thanks. you're right. And it's going to be a process. And I think that's a message we also got to push out to our young brothers and sisters too. It's like. The, the proof is in the in the progress. The, the proof, is, you know, is, is when you make those changes in your life and really teaching them, man, like you're not going to get to that level that you want to be in by just trying to go take the quick option right away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where a lot of our young people are at right now. I'm speaking to the young people because I'm, I'm, I live in North Minneapolis right now. I hear the gunshots. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm going on Facebook. I'm saying that it's another young brother just, just died from some senseless gun violence. I'm feeling that. I got cousins in Chicago still. My cousin was shot up a couple months ago in Chicago over some stupid stuff, right? Because he's in that life. He's in that fast lane. He's trying to get that quick money. He's seeing these influences on social media get into a bag. That's what they say. Get into the bag, but they don't know it's another way to get to a bag. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the young people want to get some money, what are we doing as a community to make sure they have opportunities to get that money without exactly. going to go rob somebody or selling some drugs? And I say this all the time. The money right? out here. I, the money out here. I say this all <laughs> the time a success and opportunity needs to be more accessible than a gun and a pound of weed i know plenty young brothers and sisters right now in the hood they can go get a pound of weed and a pistol tomorrow if they really wanted to probably today i can get one today by the end of the day i can get a pound i'm gonna be truthful it's the ados podcast i gotta be 100 i can get a pound of weed and a pistol by the end of the day if i really wanted to but how long does it take to get the job (laughs) that's the point that's so when we gonna start changing our mentality as a community yeah. And, and as elected mm-hmm. officials to say, we can no longer have our young people having access to guns and a pound of weed, Corgan, they can a job and education. Mm-hmm. 
That yeah. now that takes a shift in the paradigm of everybody who seems to be leaders in the community. Mm-hmm. When are we gonna start shifting our paradigm and think that way? <laughs> and then giving these young people something to actually look forward to. Yeah. I talk to young people in the hood. They don't got nothing to look forward to. Nothing at all. And and when yeah. they don't have anything to look forward to, and I have to bring this up because one of our um loyal ADOS podcast listeners, uh, my father-in-law, William Brown, shout out to you. Thank you for the consistent support and calling in and say, hey, how about bring this up? You know, he was talking about it also is how we prioritize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything we're talking about is all great. But if the priorita- prioritizing of the individual isn't there, everything we put around them is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And part of that goes into the fast lifestyle in which we're talking about. Yeah. You know, but it's like if I can go and get a gun and a pound of weed easier than getting a job, I'm just going to take that option and and do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's easy. And then with that, I can make money out of that. Mm-hmm. But the process of it is like I don't think people necessarily realize how much energy it takes to not get caught with some of those things <laughs> Looking that can go shoulder. into something productive. Man. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's about the mentality and how we prioritize. Not only as an individual, but as a community. Absolutely. I want to come um, after that and, and put out the word education. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. um, education is my number one thing, man, because it starts in the home, right? Uh, and when we talk about these things, like what we prioritize, right? Our areas of desire, connection, and need, right? Um, when, um, our thought pattern, our behavior system, that mentality, I need to get it right now, right? It's all connected to our value system as well. And we see mm-hmm. we have a um, we have a culture in our community, we we don't grew up with no value system. Like it's no foundation, it's no structure, right? Um and then you ask yourself, well, how did that happen? Because once we we had those family values mm-hmm. as a black community, like we we had times we were thriving together. I'm talking That's about right. like Real, real um, dipping in gold thriving, yeah, though. Like right. ancient civilization thriving. Yeah, you right. them building pyramid that's thriving. Right. Like I'm talking way back then. So it's like where along the way did we forget or did we slip up or did we allow the disease to come and spread through our communities? Um, and, um, yeah, just this value system, right? And we living here in America, I often say that um, um, I'm African-American, but I feel African without heritage and an American with no inheritance, mm. right? Um, that was powerful. And the, 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 the thing is, we are Americanized, right? Um, but it earlier to what I said, it is a psychological warfare. So we don't have to choose to be Americanized anymore once you realize you're Americanized. You know, it's like we just living in a whole damn matrix. Um, and it, it, it is some deep, dark shit because we talking about years and years and years, you know, of deconstructing um, the um, systems that are operating that that um, creates this toxic culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um through all of these things that influence us to want to get the quick buck, right? You know, this American dream ideology, you know, and um, you you watch TV and a lot of people seem like they were overnight successes and all of these things. And even what they even making it worse now, especially with the music Man. industry, like mm. with all of these Bro. rappers that's blowing up, they just Bro. throwing money at them now. They just throwing all of it at them. Here, take it, to take it, that take illusion it going. You got to keep yeah, feeding that illusion. Yeah, yeah, just keep feeding an illusion, man. So... Um, it, it, it most definitely the power is in community, man. I just want to throw that word out there: education, man, and values. What is our value system like? And I'm gonna throw a word out there too: upper mobility. 
mm. upward mobility. Here's my biggest issue. And I, and I talk about this with my constituents <laughs> and people when they ask me what I think the biggest problem is right now facing the black community. And to sum it up, I say upper mobility. Upper mobility is the ability for a group of people to be able to advance from one social economic level to the next. Black people for years, generations, we have been not able to, prog- to progress, to advance from one socioeconomic level to the next with relative ease. We have things like low educational attainment in our communities. We have low home ownership in our community, which we know leads to generational wealth, right? There's no stake in our communities. Business ownership low in our community for black people. I'm talking about black people right now. I'm doing the POC thing. A lot of other people are doing way better than we are. I'm talking about oh, black man. folks in POC. America. They're killing me with that. They're killing get, me with that. I'm, I'm talking about of... black folks. For black folks, if we look at every single category in the social economic um, status, we're at the bottom. We have no ability right now to progress from one level to the next with relative ease. So when are we going to start intentionally addressing those issues? Mm-hmm. That's what I encourage and being people. being very exclusive about it. Literally, literally. And being okay with saying this is for black folks. Why? Because black people are at the lowest in this category. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that. Yeah. Being unapologetic, man. We, 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 um, we can't allow ourselves to compromise any longer, you know? Um, and... Other folks got to see it's okay, you know, and I want to bring up the anti-blackness that exists worldwide. Like it's anti-blackness in every community, you know, our community and that's killing us. You know, even the um, African descent community that's straight from the motherland is even anti-blackness in those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I talk about it with my brothers all the time. Right. They talk about how when they came over here, they was told to stay away from us. Like you're going to end up in trouble. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, our Asian brothers and sisters, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, you know, um, all is anti-blackness everywhere. Um, so so we most definitely got to be addressing these issues, man, the upper mobility, right, and um, putting people in a position to thrive and not only survive. Right. Um, and that's that's why I say, like, we need to be able to breathe. Like we just so oh yeah, like, you know, I, I love getting to the root of it because it always leads me back to like the healing aspect of it, right? And like like how how do we move our hearts? How do we move our souls? But um a lot of those things are blocked off, you know, they they cold, they froze. So you gotta do some work to knock that down, right? We gotta deconstruct that. Um and and, and it most definitely comes from 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 that love, from that relatability, from that time, is it's energy. We gotta invest intentional energy into these folks, into black youth, especially. Yeah. It's it's just a lot that's happening. And this is why I say the the responsibilities of humanizing us falls on the shoulders of us. Mm-hmm. And Elijah, when you were going through that list, the number one thing I thought about, it wasn't even just the home ownership. It was ownership and period, you know, just in general. It was ownership, period. Mm. You know, no if, ands, or but about it. But it's like when we're when we're looked at as property. Mm-hmm. Speak Come on. on. Speak when, on when we're looked at as property, mm-hmm. we cannot prosper. Mm-hmm. We cannot be better than. Mm-hmm. We cannot be greater than. And we we just won't get the proper acknowledgement of we are humans. You know, we're not three fifths of a man. We're five fifths of men and women. Mm-hmm. Ten fifths. You ten yeah. ten well, fifths. You level and, you know, up like this. <laughs> and, and and it's beautiful. And Elijah, I'll let you get in there because I know you you want to go in. Um, it, it's beautiful. I love that flower analogy because that's mm-hmm. how it was for slavery. They move one flower into this this toxic soil, and then that flower is having problems growing, mm-hmm. 
having problems communicating, mm -hmm. having problems doing things as a collective, mm -hmm. not getting enough sunlight. And then they bring more flowers over here who were beautiful, beautiful flowers came. And now these two flowers don't like each other, knowing they from the same place, mm -hmm. knowing they from the same original soil, knowing they were planted in the same household. Mm -hmm. So I'm just I'm just talking general, but we we definitely have to love and support and work together. That's the way we get the real justice. Mm -hmm. Only thing I got to say, man, it, the the issue that I have is when when people talk about investing in the black community, they always think it's at a at a loss or a detriment to another group. It's not. If you're investing in the in the, in the lowest group, right in in these categories. And I always say this, you know, you're, and this is a, um, <clears throat> this is well known, right? You're only as strong as your weakest link. I know y'all heard that before. Mm -hmm. So if black people is the lowest in every single category right now, then as a country, we should want to advance as a nation, right? So we need to invest in the people at the bottom right now. Mm -hmm. And that should be okay with folks because you're investing in, investing in the black community doesn't mean that you're taking mm -hmm. away from somebody else and everybody else got to see it that way. When we do well, we know everybody else is going to do well. I have not met a black person yet in my life. That have said they want to be superior to anybody. Exactly. We just want to be equal. Facts. We don't want to be treated like inferiors. I have not met a black person in my life that ever said they want to be better than somebody else. Hmm. We that's, just want to have opportunities. That's not our nature. That's not our nature. That's not how we think. That's not how we operate. Like naturally. Like we're just good people. Like naturally. I mean, that's why you could see 400 plus years of colonization and we ain't burned this whole motherfucker down. Like, like for real, for real though. Cause like we didn't did the police station with the woo, but I mean like, like that, that had a whole story behind it as well. Like a lot of them black, black folks, folks doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like when we mess with fire, it's bonfires, man. We in the garden with it. You know, we ain't trying to burn things down. This is our land. And that goes back to the property. You know, the, um, certain folks look at this, um, world um, as property and think they got to own something, right? And certain folks look at it as the land and we use the land to provide life. We understand it's an ecosystem, right? Our mother nature, like look at what we doing to nature right now and the pollution and the air, like it just gets so deep. That's why I say the whole damn system is guilty as hell. Like mm -hmm. all of these systems, I mean, we, we killing the earth, right? And then we got black folks, you know, the creators of all of this, man. Like we talking about um, carbon right now. Carbon exists in everything. Like black is the um origin of everything, man. Black is the absence of color. Black, black is so powerful, man. And it's just been a whole like illusion where people can just create things, right? You just that's all it is, is a creation. You just create these ideologies. And if you have a um strong enough um plan to hypnotize somebody, you know, um that that's what's happened. But um, black folks most definitely I, I truly believe when black folks are thriving the world will thrive like that's what I truly believe I'm you know you. and I'm it's because you. we don't think like I gotta be superior like <laughs> you know it's just it, it's this it's this mentality of like look we could live our life over here you could live your life over here just don't come and try to raid my village right don't come and bust my door down, right? Slap my dad and my mom in the face and rape my wife and snatch my kid up. Just don't do that, right? Well, I'm going to have to do something type deal, right? Um, And it, it's just very unfortunate because as a lately man, I've been on edge myself as far as like 
integration, right, or segregation and, like, what is better for the black community? Like, could we live in a world with these motherfuckers type deal? Or do we got to really, like, clear, like, really, like, declare our independence completely disattached from the system all the way, right? Um, and, and stay protected on all fronts, you know? Um, but, but that's a, that, that could be a road of destruction. It could be a road. Like, I'm not a man of war or anything like that. Um, but I understand what Malcolm X was getting at when he said the ballad or the bullet, right? That's another song on my Freedom Fighter Reloaded. Like, it's the ballad, right? It's this systematic way of doing things. It's um, the fact that we could become politically mature. We got Mr. Elijah running for office. Like, we we got our folks who who could break the system down internally, right? Um, and, and it's hard, you, though. Yeah, it's hard. It's so and hard. And it's mentally draining, bro. Come on now, speak But on you know, it. Fred Hampton said, <clears throat> he said, war it's politics with bloodshed, and politics is nothing more than war without bloodshed. And that's something mm. that I live my life by, right? And I heard, heard that years ago. Everybody just got hip to Fred Hampton <laughs> with, with Judah and the Black Messiah. But my grandparents Man. put me on game years ago, the Bobby Seals, Come you on. know, the Fred Hamptons. You know, we from Chicago, so Fred Hampton was somebody I was hip to when I was probably like nine, ten that's years old. <laughs> but I, I also understand what Malcolm X was saying, too, with the Ballad of the Bullet. And I think you put it perfectly, bro. There is two different paths that we could take. I think it's black people. I think you're right. We're not innately violent. I think humans are innately violent, but I think it's black people, man. The conscious black folks, I got to di- differentiate. Conscious black folks, we're not violent. Mm. We want to create change. We want to get into these systems and actually influence them to do what's right. But it's hard, man. Like I was saying, it's mentally draining, bro. And and I can't speak on it too much because we're still in the active campaign, bro. Hey, but, it's, man. but it's a lot. And Christian, you could probably speak to some of this too. You yeah. know, I know you can as a brother who ran for office. Once you get to that point when you're really trying to break down those barriers, man, oh, you feel like you got the whole world against you. Sometimes mm. your own people even. Mm. And is yeah, you're right. You know, it, it is hard. I was the youngest candidate in my city, in city's history. And um, the work didn't stop there. You know, I seven other candidates was was on my ballot. I came in fourth. You know, the two incumbents took it. And uh, you was leading at one point of the race, right? Well, yeah. And then I woke up and I was like, I dropped down like <laughs> a few notches. You know, once those mail in ballots got counted, it was fine. But one thing I do want to talk about is like through that process, I was able to build a relationship. And that relationship is going to build further relationships Mm -hmm. for other people, not only in Apple Valley, but in areas you run. And Louie, if you ever decided to areas you run just in community in general. But I I do want to go back to this because I puzzle with this. And Elijah, we about to raise some eyebrows. (laughs) I'm about to raise some eyebrows. Let me say that. (laughs) I do sometimes think about the segregation that we went through. And. You know, it was a point in time where we had our own bathrooms, our own water fountains, our own this, but we wanted it collectively. Now, I wonder, was that a mistake, us wanting that? I know we wanted acceptance, but through those materialistic things, we thought we were going to be accepted. You see where I'm getting you at? Said, you set me up, Christian. You, I, you set me I know. Up. I, I, look, you don't have to respond to it. I'll just leave it open-ended, but I wanted to share that. Like, that's sometimes... How I think about it, because it's like right now we're fighting for a bigger thing, but we're asking for the materialistic things. We're asking for bank loans. We're asking for housing. We're asking for this. Now, if we were just given these things, would we still be accepted? Come on now. And and that's Mm. the question. And that's what I think about, like, 
Did us fighting against the segregation of having our own water fountains to want to share water fountain, actually the worst thing that we can do as a people because not understanding it's not about the water fountain. It's about the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the, it's about the, the disconnect, not only between our community, but between other communities as well. And I'll just leave it open like that. But I sometimes just think about that. Man, it's know? about the bombing of black businesses. <laughs> it's, it's about like, when we when we did have our independence, when we are thriving, right? When we are coming up as people, is for some reason it's just some outside perpetrator that is hating, is hate, is jealousy, is greed, is damn, I can't let you do that. I can't let you be bigger than me. Is the that's what it is. So if that's what it is, then the acceptance is the exact thing that is holding us back. The mm. fact that we want to be accepted. Then, bro. The fact that we want to live this American dream mm-hmm. and be accepted into the white man's house. Because that's all it is. It's the white man's house. And we were just talking about this the other day. Like, that mentality has to, has to end. You feel me? Like, um... We got to get to the point to where we we are accepting ourselves for ourselves and for our people, and we we declare our independence like that. That's where that's really where I'm getting at, like spiritually, man, mentally. Like that's what I'm I'm getting pushed in this direction now. To be honest, mm-hmm. because I don't want to make the same mistakes that my my um my ancestors, uh, what some of my ancestors have made, you know, like, I don't want to have us, I don't want to lead us into a burning building, mm-hmm. man. I want to lead us somewhere it. else. Yes, <laughs> let's not go into no burning building, man. Let's let's go somewhere. Let's go to the promised land, man, where, where the grass is greener, you know, let's go back home. Let's go back home type deal. And I don't mean that um, literally it's like going back to Africa, um, cause personally, I believe I am an Aboriginal. I believe black people didn't, all black people didn't just come over here from Africa. Man. Like I believe some of us were here already, you know, and that's why you see so many similarities between the native community and the black community, you know, and I'm gonna take it there. You, you raise eyebrows with that for sure all the time. <laughs> um, but it's like, if I got that belief, then why am I running back to Africa? Like I do want to go back to Africa. You feel me? Cause I believe there are some ties there. Like. I believe it's a very, very spiritual thing in the motherland of Africa, and a lot of things may have originated from there. Um, and I got some sightseeing to do. I got some exploring to do. But um, if if my ancestors were born and raised like on this piece of land right here, and folks just came here, you feel me, and slaughtered slaughtered people, like you, you don't know the truth anymore because we see what they taught us in the traditional education system. A lot of that shit is lies, right? And it's just a made up story. So it's like I don't know what the other truth is. I can't trust anything, you know. And what happens when you can't trust somebody? Well, what like most likely when you don't trust somebody, you're not gonna mess with that person. So if we don't trust the system, why are we even messing with the system, right? That that type of mentality. But I'm I'm still like I said, I'm getting pushed in this um area of declaring our independence, and I don't need your acceptance. Like I most definitely like if a white person call me a nigga, I'm gonna keep it pushing. Like that's my mentality now. Like I don't even got time to rate, lower my vibration anymore because. I know what I am. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm a part nigga. You feel me? You feel me? Like, but a new definition of nigga, you feel me? Like, um, somebody that had to overcome, somebody that understands how to protect themselves, you know, somebody um, they ain't gonna take 
Um, take no bullshit. Yeah, if that's what you mean. Uh-huh. Most definitely. But um and who's I, willing to acknowledge where they're at and in the ignorance that they may have and to advance themselves, right? When I know, think about nigga, it's a, mm-hmm. I think about the definition of yeah. it is ignorant. I love right? how you said that. So that I can over I can acknowledge my ignorance and I can overcome that. So once upon a time, maybe everybody's a nigga. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I look at it as <laughs> if, you, if you acknowledge your ignorance and you're willing to overcome it, then you can move beyond that and to be someone greater. Exactly. And it's like, don't, don't, don't try to pull me down to show that ignorance. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth it to show my ignorance to you right now? Because the one thing about one thing that I've been learning has been helping me in life, y'all, mm-hmm. is the art of like balance too, right? Yin and yang, right? Is that we are light and we are dark. You feel me? We got good things about us. We got bad things about us, you know, and that's the healing work that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Like we got to start to accept ourselves fully. Right. And do that shadow work, that's do right. that intentional that's work right. to know your dark side. You feel me? Because then you can contain that fire. You could understand it. The thing is, we don't understand our full selves, you know, and we we show our shadow selves mostly. Right. Uh, we be further away from that light. Um, but we we all of that, man. You know, beginning and the end is infinite. It's very infinite, man. And, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and now we're gonna wrap it up quickly. But I wanted to touch on something. I was having this conversation with my dad, and we, and we were talking about racism. And he, you know, he told me to tone it down a little bit on the racial rhetoric, right? Mm. And we got to having a, a conversation about it. Mm. And I was like, well, I think the biggest problem with racism is just the lack of understanding what you just said. When you don't understand who you are. Everything you do in your life becomes an act of defense now, right? Or I feel like I have to be superior to somebody because I don't have an understanding of who I am. And that's regardless of your race. You could be white. And that's why racism exists because you don't understand your own history. Hey. And I have conversations with my white friends about this. A lot of them don't understand their own where history. Where the stories about Caucasus Mountains? Where, where those <laughs> you stories know, But at? they don't understand their own history. And then when black people don't understand their own history either, then now we're just competing. Yeah. And then when we With have the lack of information and knowledge that we have. And yeah, and then when we have our oppressors make our history for us, we start to buy into it and thinking that it's our history as people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where the facade come in. And it's like, you know, I I need to have some of these things that our oppressors have because I feel rooted to that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we are not that. We are this. And we need to accept this. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're more than just light and dark. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're the sun and we're the soil, mm-hmm. you know. Come on now. We we are the water exactly. on the ground and in the air. Come we're on. the rain. We are you know, the fire, we, the we're earth, all the wind. Of, yep, we uh, are sunshine. Mm. We are just beautiful people. That's why we ain't going nowhere. That And and that's what I, I sum it up to. And you're right. That, that was powerful what Louis just said. We aren't going anywhere. So we can't learn to share this world that we all live in. It's going to be war. It's, it's going to be horror. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole world to me is yeah. a pyramid scheme. You know how much money is recycled a day? The money that we get in stimulus let, goes right back. But let's, the let's not talk about the we're real not, enemy. Yeah, we're not going to go there. I know we're a political <laughs> podcast, the, but... Real enemy, because racism to me, don't, don't get me started, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all a money scheme. It's all capitalism. That's all it yeah. really is, man. Even the word racist made up. Exactly. Like, <laughs> even that's made up. But we don't want that, that, to... That'll go too deep. That's going to be a part two conversation. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> definitely a part two conversation. But, um, you know... Everything that we're talking about, once again, we don't have all the answers. Allegedly. I want to throw out the word allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Some of the things that I said out here. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we do 
have the steps. We know what we need to do. It's just a matter of implementing those things. Mm -hmm. And Louie, we appreciate having you in studio. Let the audience know where they can find you and some of the music Louis you got don't want to be found. Yeah, Louis hey, don't want to be found. Man, I've been, you know, 50-50 with it. I've been very <laughs> exclusive. You feel me? I have been ducked off. But like, yeah, I just dropped the album. So y'all need to go check that out. You feel me? Um, Louis Blaze, L-E-W-I-E-E-B-L-A-Z-E.com, LouisBlaze.com, and go stream the Freedom Fighter Reloaded album. It, it exists on all social platforms. You feel me? Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I heart anything you need to get your music on. Um, and it's a very, it's a very powerful message. And my thing is like, thank, thank you so much. Right. Thank you for the love, for the support. Right. Um, for the praise as an artist, as somebody that's speaking. But my thing is like, it doesn't matter who the messenger is. Did you get the message? Mm. Right. So I leave it at that, man. Thank you, brothers, man. Christian and Elijah for allowing me to come on the ADOS podcast, man. I most definitely <laughs> been a supporter of both of y'all brothers personally and yes, professionally, yes, right? Because I think that's huge too. Yes, like our our relationship cannot be transactional; it has to be transformational, mm, right? Right. Amen. Um, so, um, yeah, just thank y'all brothers for continuing to shine y'all light, man. We here, we making it happen in the name of community and love. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I was going to let you end it off like that. Y'all know where to find us at. Hey, that's podcast. We everywhere. Peace, y'all. Peace. <laughs>